0: Behe Kubo Behe Kubo Kahit Munti Ang Halamandun E Sari Sari Sinkamas at Talong Singarillas at Mani Sitao Batao Batani Kundol patola Upot Kalabasa At Saka Merun Pang Labanos Mustasa Simboyas kamatis bawang at luya, sa paligid ligid, e puro linga. Nipahat, though very modest, many plants are over there, jicama and eggplant, wing beans and peanuts, long beans, gourds and squash, and also radishes, mustard, onions, tomatoes, Garlic and ginger, all around are sesame. Big up, Behe Kubo, Tagalog, Folk Song. Lyrics provided by filipino-folk-songs.blogspot.com Translations provided by tagaloglong.com namaste assalamu shalom mir nihao buenos dias buenos noches heseche aquava welcome what up though so this is convo with Zuri G I am Zuri G aka Peter Johansson OCC and this is a podcast where we share convo with brethren of many ilk and the silky silk vegan and all that. So today is a convo with Sister Vanessa Uh, and uh, Sister Vanessa and I meet a number of years ago at an interfaith conference in the land of the Apache and the Navajo and the Hopi vicinity um, and she's a, a spectacular uh, sister who uh, is in university administration these days um, and she and her husband reside in the SoCal area of the land of the Tongba. And she continues to work in the field of diversity, pluralism, interreligiosity, and additionally. So this combo is actually another one of the archives. It uh, comes from a number of years ago. Wait a minute. It comes from way a number of years ago. Um, over five years ago at this point, uh, if I recall correctly. To be honest, well, it's been years. How about that? Uh, it's been years since I've, I've heard of the convo, since I've listened to the convo, since we had the convo. Um, and it's part of a series where I interview brethren or talk with brethren about their religious experience specifically. And these are mixed brethren. Uh, Vanessa herself is of mixed ancestry, uh, predominantly European and Filipina. Um, and so that's what she speaks about. speaks bone. That's like when you speak on something and you speak about something at the same time. Speak a bone. <laughs> All right, um, so, anyways, that's what that's what the, this combo is. Like I said, it's been a number of years, so, um, now the other thing about the moment is that, yo, it's late, uh, it's late, uh, at the moment, but it's also late in production because it's after the scheduled release hour and day. So, uh, and to be honest, um, I mean, there's no excuses, it is what it is, so I'm, I'm doing it at the moment, um, but I will say that, yo, I'm sitting on some stuff that's lightweight, high-weight, uh, lightweight, high-octane. Um, and so that's that's uh, occupying some of the, the brain matter, uh, the concentration. Um, and then, so today, just kind of oblivious, enveloped in some other stuff, and uh, I got up in some convo. Um, and in that combo I actually referenced the podcast like and saying, yo, we should record this. Uh, and even when I say that, and At the moment when I'm supposed to be uh, putting this on the the uh, the uh, broadcast, whatever it's called, um, oblivious, oblivious. And then as I'm getting ready to wrap up the day, I'm looking at my to-do list, and uh, something sparked their memory. Like, oh wait a minute, didn't even do this yet. Uh, so at the moment, i have still got some prayers to do. So I plan to uh, to do that, and then listen to the combo before I go to sleep. And then share the outro accordingly, so that it's all prepared and tidy to be uploaded mañana. Can you do Espanol with a British accent? I just did. Uh, who am I talking to? You. <laughs> nah, I, I'm going a little bit too much with that one. Anyways, um, all right. Uh, a little gitty at the nitty. Um, so that's much of it. So, like I said, we talked. We talked about um, in in this uh, convo. We talk about um, spirituality. We talk about being mixed, um, and it's just kind of those intro starter kind of questions. And uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think if this is the most recent occasion that uh, Sister Vanessa and I talk uh, is at the Parliament of World's Religions, and that was nearly cinco years ago. And I'm trying to think if this convo was before that or after that. I'm thinking it probably was after that so then that would have been the most recent occasion um, so there are pro- there are likely some life updates um, that happened since that combo definitely but whether what how much detail she gives about what she's at where she's at the moment anyways I'll listen and then if there's appropriateness of giving updates then I do that accordingly uh, So, without further ado, here we go. Hey! What's going on? Can you see me? I can see you. (laughs) How are you doing? Good! Looks like you're in a vehicle.
1: Yeah, I'm in between meetings, so this is my only uh, private space.
0: Okay. meetings. I thought you had the week off.
1: Well... I was in Berkeley just now, and then I'm going um, over here in Oakland, where I live, uh, to connect with someone else. Okay. You know, and I'm interviewing with you, so, you know, I stay busy.
0: Oh, I hear you. I hear you. That's cool. That's cool. I appreciate that. So, how's everything going in North Carolina?
1: Oh, all is well. It's been raining a lot, which is a nice change.
0: Okay. And,
1: uh... Yeah, and it's nice to have a day or two off. I I work Christmas Eve since I work at um, Stanford's Memorial Church, so I'm a little eager to get that over with. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's been pretty chill.
0: Okay, all right, cool. We're getting. Go ahead. All is well there. Yeah, we had some snow a few days ago. It's warmed up, so we haven't rained. We've had like some 70 degree Fahrenheit weather over the past few weeks, so that's very atypical. huh yeah yeah
1: that sounds warm.
0: Cool. it is it's very atypical for the northwest for ohio i said northwest yeah. I mean, west uh so uh but yeah it's cool we take it as it comes and uh today it's a little bit of rain and clouds but it's it's, it's chill one way or another so yeah cool. Oh, cool so thank you uh for for coming through and um uh, just to give you some background on on what this is this project is about, um, as you know, I do interfaith work, and uh, I also do mixed ethnicity advocacy as well. And so, um, my observation in the interfaith world and in the interfaith realm is that there tends to be a lot of boxing. Like people claim a box uh, and an identity, and, and fit in that box, and there tends to be a certain aversion towards. The blurring between those boxes. Uh, people are concerned with proselytizing and and everything else. So everybody wants to maintain their own respective identity and know how to engage others according to their self proclaimed identity of others. So um, it tends Jeez. to be there. There's, there tends to be that culture. Uh, and then in the mixed ethnicity realm, uh, there tends to be an aversion towards religion and spirituality just in general. Uh, there tends to be. There's a lot of talk about identity and belonging and community but and so religion is intrinsically involved in the conversation but when it comes to explicitly addressing that experience and and talking about it it's kind of like the elephant in the room that gets left unaddressed so this project is kind of like mixing those worlds together uh, and 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 building and, and addressing the confluence of those experiences Um, and just, and particularly for mixed people, but also for anybody to talk about the experience of spirituality, uh, and how it informs one's, um, experience as being a mixed person. Um, so that's the basic, uh, gist of this project. Um, so I've got five questions. Um, if if you're ready for it, um, we we can just dive into it. Does that sound cool?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I was, I'm was i glad you explained a bit more because I was like, so what is this mix, mixed ethnicity advocacy thing that you do? Okay. And so it's interesting even to hear your take on uh, knowing that there's a aversion to the religiosity and spirituality or so forth from that view. And so um, I'll just be interested to hear what you learn from me and others and, like, what sort of conclusions you can do or next steps.
0: Yeah, I'll give you some further background just on the mixed ethnicity point. So a few years ago, <laughs> I, I attended a conference called the Critical Mixed Race Studies Conference at uh, DePaul University. Um, and so oh. it basically features and involves academics, young um, professors, and and uh, PhD students who are interested in, in critically studying the, the multiracial mixed ethnicity experience. Uh, and so okay. with the idea of providing... Uh, publishable articles and works, addressing this experience, giving it credibility, including it within the critical mixed race, or excuse me, the critical race theory and and, and studies, um, and and building a forum and and dialogue for this experience, and and legitimacy and and validating that experience. So um, over the past 20, 30 years, there've been a number of organizations, a lot of, of which are in California, uh, that that advocate the mixed ethnicity experience uh, and just identifying as mixed race and not having to choose one side or another or something like that. Uh, particularly like with the um, the census um, and and formal um, documents that that signify what the the, the ethnic heritage of individuals. So uh, this is something that's burgeoning. It's comparatively new, um, but but there's a, there's an increasing. Um, uh, population and, and uh, community that is coalescing around this experience. So uh, I've I've gone to a few conferences and um, um, I'm involved with a number of organizations and, and activists that are that are doing this type of work. So um, that's that's some of my experience in that realm.
1: Well, um, this is so interesting to me because I know you haven't even asked a question yet, but um, yeah, just being. Of, of mixed race and you know how often it is that um it's easier for everyone else to put us in a box right mm-hmm. you like psychological people just want to be able to place us so that they can then sort of have whatever stereotypes or knowledge they hold come into place you know right. it, it's a comfort thing other people
0: yeah
1: um and so to think about how um that has really made me into the person that I, you know, am today, how much it influenced me to have to define myself for others' comfort um, and to think about it. Um, So I'm good. I'm really glad to hear there's so much research about this. I've probably, you know, I haven't done enough sort of the academia or journal, you know, reading on this topic, but it definitely is of interest to me. And I, I think I have the same sense of, you know, being a person of mixed race just you know where is that community or what community do i belong to so i definitely identify with sort of that 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 need to to be okay with the being mixed but also like recognizing that in it of itself can be that community um and so anywho let's get let's get on with this what are your
0: questions cool cool, cool. all right so uh, i mean we can talk on for days about that too as well um, but right. I I don't, I'll jump into the questions. So um, and also, just I'm I'm recording this just for your information. So um, okay, I was
1: minute?
0: like, oh yeah, it shows a red You're button. It's like, oh, right. So <laughs> earlier too, <laughs> just for you. All right, okay. cool. All right, so um, the first question. This might be the most difficult question, uh, and it's it's often like the the most controversial or awkward question. Uh, because people kind of, okay. so we'll just get that over with at the beginning. Um, so the question is, uh, basically in two parts, what is the ethnic background and the spiritual background of your father? And what is the ethnic background and the spiritual background of your mother?
1: You know what? This is, it's not awkward at all. I'm so used to answering it. Of I know and people, I, it made...
0: people ask that all the time. A lot of mixed people have, have, a, um, a resentment towards people asking that question, particularly because it's to, to, to pigeonhole somebody or something else like that. But this is an open-ended kind of conversational question, so. Yeah, you- and
1: I definitely understand the, like, not wanting to sort of put yourself in a box. But I'm, I'm actually, I feel like I'm so desensitized, like, to the question, I'm totally fine, uh, you know, answering it. All right. So, uh, to tell you about uh, my father, uh, he's from... He was born in Michigan. He's a white man um, of German, French, English, every sort of European background. Okay. Um, and I don't even know how long they were here in the U.S. So it's sort of that idea of like the generic white American. Okay. So that's what Mike is. Sure. Um, and he was raised and baptized Methodist. Okay.
0: Um,
1: that's his background. Um, and then my mom is Filipino. She was born in the Philippines. Um, and so she was raised Catholic. And, um, but if you know anything about the Philippines, there's a lot of indigenous traditions, a lot of sort of uh, beliefs around the, the earth around you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a clear term for this belief system but it definitely had a role in the day-to-day life and how one engaged with the world around them and with others and so i don't have a term for that that was definitely a part of her religious and spiritual background
0: okay cool so uh a tag along question that that i'm asking a number of friends uh from that this is kind of like question 1.2 um is uh given the, the 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 different backgrounds of your parents how do your parents meet
1: ah yeah so um my dad who um, was the, what's the term uh, a hippie i guess i don't know <laughs> he he joined the peace corps. he must have been a flower child because i think he's a he's a bit uh younger than maybe the right age but he joined the peace corps in the 70s and he ended up um loving it so much he he stayed in the Philippines. The maximum amount of years you could say in the Peace Corps was like five or six years. Okay. He stayed there the whole time. Wow. Um. And so he's fluent in Tagalog. Uh. He you know lived um the life of Filipinos and it was pretty cool. He was doing sort of microfinance back in the day okay. um there in the Philippines and they would give money, small business loans to women. Um, who wanted to start businesses. Okay. And it just happened that in the city where my dad was placed, um, my mom happened to be working at, um, I guess you'd call it a gift shop, a very small, they call them sorry, sorry stores. Okay. Um, it, and sorry, sorry, I think it means like mixed. It's like your little convenience store. Yeah. And so she just happened to be in the neighborhood. Where he was working and somehow I guess they had friends of friends and met and, um yeah they got married i think in 1975 or something like that and then and, um and that was right around the last um, the long the end of his service as a peace corps volunteer and uh, so he brought her back to the class
0: awesome that's cool myth. so well, i guess i i yelled a little bit i guess and the microphone got some reverberation there uh anyway so ah. cool that's that's an awesome story so uh, i think just like with mixed people it's always interesting to, to to hear like how the stories of how the parents come together and 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 uh force that union together with each other so that's cool yeah. um so going on to question number two right. um what do your parents teach you as a child um in terms of religion or spirituality or just ethics or life lessons about the world and and people or or anything like what, what are some of the the lessons that stand out to you that your parents teach you?
1: Interesting. So, um, I think although my dad was Methodist, he was very open to just Christianity in general. And so, um, my sister and I, uh, were raised Catholic. We went to mass every Sunday, though, if we happen to be, um, visiting grandma we'd go to grandma's church which was methodist okay. and to me as a child i don't think i knew the difference it it, it looks a lot the same right sure. you know you're sitting in peace there's someone up at the top giving a sermon like it was all the same to me yeah um but related to that um i talked about sort of the spiritual traditions of the philippines um i remember being in the Philippines and. Um, Whenever we would go wash the clothes in the river, my mom would say, okay, you say the sentence before you step into the water. Wow. And um, and it was a way of giving respect to the spirits of the water, sure. because if you're not good to the water, it won't be good to you.
0: Yeah.
1: And so... There was sort of, um, in addition to, you know, just doing the Catholic thing on Sundays and, like, learning the rosary and the Hail Mary, the Our Father, and all those sort of memorization techniques and hearing the Christian story. In addition to that, I also had the the day-to-day, you know, um, ritual of how one respects the earth and respects each other. Um, And then, I mean, and we, there were also... I don't know what the term is. Uh, my mom calls some witch doctors now, like, but like whenever my mom or I would be sick, we would, you know, you call on your ancestor or your, your elder and they come and they just sort of interview, interview you, ask you what's going on with you. And usually they would have a connection, um, to those in the afterlife or something or have a sense if there was a curse on you. Mm-hmm. And, um, they would be able to offer you a remedy. And so um, it was funny, whenever we were sick, we would have, you know, the typical Western, you know, take this drug, whatever. But then my mom would also have the consultation with the elder to say, okay, what do we need to do on top of that? Sure. So no matter what, we're covered, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so that's sort of the religious spiritual part. But I would say that the lessons I got from my parents were of um, – A lot of independence, like you have to take care of yourself because um, others may not. Um, And so my mom, like I would say, um, was a good model for me. Um, Her family was really poor. Like you think about developing countries, the Philippines, her family was extremely poor, Mm -hmm. um, a farming family. And um, so she left her home when she was 12 years old. Because she was already working from a young age on the farm to help, you know, feed the family, but she had to leave her family behind and move to the big city um, so that she could make money to send home as well as um, be able to go to school at the village that she was from. They didn't have school beyond sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And so to know that my mom was capable at that young age to not only provide for her family but build her own future yeah. that was a model for me
0: wow that's impressive um,
1: yeah 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 so like in some ways if you imagine your your immigrant family or your your parents struggles and so forth you're like oh my struggles they're not so bad like just think of what my parents are. yeah um and i think i'll just give you like one more anecdote um from my childhood
0: yeah
1: um like running errands in the philippines i was running errands like my mom would say okay you go there you get the the potatoes okay you run up there you go tell your cousin you know to do this so forth and i remember um a very regular thing that we did in the evening when we were cooking dinner whenever dinner was done she'd fill a bowl like with the soup and another bowl with rice and she would say you take this to the neighbor Ah. and it was weird to me i was just like no matter what, it was like you always take a plate of food to the neighbor. And uh, the lesson I learned from that is, like, even though you don't, your neighbor didn't ask for it, you don't know if they might need it. Sure. And we were providing something, you know, just in case that that was a need. And so that was just something sort of ingrained in me that um, you take care of the other, even if they may not even need it.
0: Wow. Wow. There, there's a lot to think about uh, in what you just shared. And uh, it's obvious that both your parents have a, a considerable influence on you uh, and particularly your mother. Um, I consider that uh, many mixed people have to, particularly like first generation mixed people, have to kind of negotiate uh, the diplomacy in, in receiving different teachings and different like traditions and cultures and navigate through through finding something that's, solidifying and unifying for one's, oneself. Uh, and it sounds like your mother does a lot of that herself, or at least that she has that tradition or that, that experience already that she shares with you in drawing from her, her Christian faith, but also her, her, her native Filipino faith as well, or the tribal uh, traditions and culture. Um, and so it, it sounds like, like she shares some of those lessons with you uh, as, a, as a child growing up. Uh, that that you're able to kind of um, uh, apply to your personal experience at, uh, at being the child of your your mother and your father as well, and and kind of progress uh, through there. So that's that's cool. Yeah.
1: Thanks. So <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So then, uh, with that with that being said, let's go to the third question. All right. Um, and the third question is. Um, what challenges do you experience uh, growing up in childhood and in your youth um, in, in terms of just uh, dealing with life, um, peers, teachers, colleagues, elders, or, or whatever? Um, what, what are some of the, the challenges uh, that you experience uh, as a child and as a, as a youth growing up?
1: Um. Are you asking in relevance to my spirituality or my primarily,
0: identity? Primarily spirituality, but whatever, whatever, like kind of stands out. If it was just like a bully or something like that, um, then I mean, anything can be contextualized in a spiritual sense. So I mean, it's just a matter of whatever kind of st- sticks out for you. Um, uh, whatever is prominent that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, um, I have one you know, I was, I was pretty young. I remember going to my grandma's church, the Methodist one, and this was in Arizona, um, just to add some context. I, um, so my sister and I were Filipino and and, and white. Uh, we have cousins that were, um, were, we were really close with. I would consider him a brother and her a sister basically, because we were growing up together and, um, they happen to be African-American and white. So, um, our, our parents were brother sister. Uh-huh. And so we went to grandma's, you know, every other weekend or so. And uh, it just happened that grandma's uh, church uh, was having a barbecue. Okay. And um, so all the kids are hanging out, you know, you're just in the yard playing ball, whatever it was. But I remember at one point, um, just um, my cousin... Um, who's african-american he got called out um you know he was doing pretty good at whatever sport it was and some kid felt the need to um, mention that he was dipped in chocolate and some other things like that and i was like i'm like three years younger than my cousin i didn't really understand like what was going on and or what this guy was talking about but it just happened that um my aunt was close by, his mother was close by, and she, she grabbed us all up and we left. Okay. Um, and I, I later understood, you know, what the situation was um, and why my aunt was extremely upset. Sure. Um, although I, at that age, had not recognized um, any difference between me and any other kid. No. Um, apparently, kids recognize a difference in us. And it just happened that this neighborhood was predominantly white. And at that point, I realized, yeah, we were the only children of color. And in some ways, um, yeah, and kids will be kids, right? If um, someone's different, they tend to call it out. They tend to speak truth, right? And because my
0: cousin was... Yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> thing, like because uh, my cousin was doing so well, of course, this other child felt the need to call out that difference
0: yeah. as a
1: negative. Yeah, and so that was one of my very early on, probably the earliest experience I have of like a racism that I didn't necessarily uh, experience as negative until the context or the story was sort of explained to me because I was too young to really understand, but that's since then, I'm sure. Ah, I, you know, I was elementary age. I had to have been maybe five or six, you know, maybe a little.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. And so anyways, um, I mean, you ask about one challenge, you know, you, you think going to a church, typically you have a good sense of a church community being really opening and welcoming and so forth. And especially going to Kama's house, you expect to have a good time. Mm. Um, but that particular, you know, Sunday was just was just kind of ruined at that point.
0: Yeah. So does that have any effect on you uh, growing up as you mature from that point? About, I mean, you, you got your kind of like your, your introductory lesson to race and identity and the hierarchies and the biases and, and prejudices that exist within that um so how does that how does your understanding mature uh, from that point uh, after that experience
1: you know um, I sometimes think um, I said uh, as children we, we tend to have a simplistic view of life and I think yes. um, there was always, there's sort of this understanding in the world or even among like Christians who say, you know, if you're a Christian, you're a good person. Right. You know, if you have all these Christian beliefs, um, you'll do, you'll be good, whatever, no matter what. Um, and so my sense was, um, this world is more complex than we make it, right? So just because someone's a Christian doesn't mean they're not going to go to war, mm-hmm. clearly we've seen this, um, doesn't mean they're not going to hurt another person, you know, intentionally or non-intentionally. And so I think um, I learned from a young age that even if one feels safe and the context is safe and so forth, um, you always have to be ready for that complexity to, to meet you in the face. I don't know, you know, um, just, yeah, I don't know what, to, what else to draw from that.
0: I mean, right there, that's a powerful lesson, because you're talking about uh, being in a safe space amongst loved ones, uh, but then still having that vulnerability, and kind of be awakening to that vulnerability. Um, and uh, just because people say something uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case, or there may be, it, like you say, is it, there, there's a complexity that comes with it as well, uh, so... That's that's a um, that's a significant lesson uh, to learn. Um, that, that kind of it's it's like you can't be told that you just kind of have to experience that for yourself and kind of understand that uh, through experience. So um, that that uh, transi- transitions us to the fourth question. Uh, right. So the fourth question is: uh, as you progress through life, as you mature and, and reach adulthood. Um, what are some of the solutions that you find uh, given this this uh, experience of of um, differences and um, prejudice and um, the different experiences that you have in life? what are some of the solutions that you find uh, that that work for you as an adult?
1: Um, you know I I work at Stanford University. I'm a big believer in academia, in education, period, in whatever form. And um, there's, what's that theory, the contact theory? If you just know someone different than you, you're less likely, you know, to, to demonize them, basically. Like, you see a campaign right now. It's like, meet your neighbor, meet, you know, meet a Muslim, meet a Sikh. Yeah. So forth, um, because if you I know thinking, someone, <laughs> I,
0: I'm just I'm just m- mentioning our mutual friend Skylar because he he does that. So I was, I was probably saying you're you're probably referencing that, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a big campaign, right? Yeah. And so. Um, uh, for me, um, it took the form in my adult life. I, I studied religious studies because I was so interested in this difference. You know, I was like, what are these other religions? Having grown up Catholic and then having moved to Guam, Catholicism was really all I, I knew, um, was familiar with as a teenager and young adult. And so when I came stateside for college, um, I was just curious. I was like, what, what is a Buddhist? What is a Jew? Mm-hmm. Um, and how to orient themselves to the world. Um, and then through that, I got to meet, you know, Muslims, Christians, Jews, atheists, so forth, mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm a better person for it. And um, I want that sort of opportunity for other people. I want us to um, have religious literacy. Sure. I want us to feel comfortable despite difference uh and to be able to relate to someone who may be so different from us and yet be able to recognize that they're a human just like us sure um so i've since forgotten your question but i've got to go back
0: to you're, you're, you're talking about education you're talking about knowledge awareness familiarity with others uh those those are very very legitimate valuable solutions in terms of yeah. our reconciling our differences as individuals, but also the, the the experience of difference within ourselves as individuals. So,
1: yeah, and actually, um, that makes a good point because yes, I think we should learn about others. Um, but on top of that, what interfaith work has taught me is um, I've learned a lot about myself. Okay, like. Um, by engaging people of different views, I've had to articulate my own views, right, to them, and I learn a few things about myself. Because once you get to ask certain questions, you're like, "Oh, let me think about that more." I, I'm I may be unsure of my answer, but um, it's that inquiry that allows for for some growth and um, just different opportunities. Really, through like interfaith dialogue, I came to recognize certain biases in myself. Yeah. And um and once you can recognize a bias, um, you can then combat it and like inquire like why does that even exist? Yeah. Um and so even as long as I've been doing interfaith work since since college, like it's still important to continue doing. Wow. Um because I'm constantly growing from it.
0: Yeah. In engaging with the others we find additionally about ourselves. And like you said, particularly in doing interfaith work, when we get challenged, people ask us questions. And so we have to self-examine, our, we, we have to go through self-examination uh, and, and mm-hmm. explore what, our, what are our conclusions and our, our, our beliefs that often go unquestioned uh, if we, unless we engage with those who believe differently than ourselves. Uh, so I think that's a very valuable lesson uh, and solution uh, to find. I'm, I'm going to uh, ask a question 4.5. Uh, to kind of expand. Right. And I know we're 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 stretching the limit, we're at thirty minutes or so. Um, so, um, I'm just charging, so okay, so let me make some
1: There we go. Okay.
0: Cool. <laughs> that cool. way it doesn't hang up on So we're good. building on this notion of finding solutions. Um, as you um you also find another solution. And that is your husband, uh, and so you find you find the solution of union um, and and um, being committed with another individual who has that individual's own background and experiences and beliefs and spirituality as well. Uh, so, how do you approach that uh, union, and what, what are some of the, the the shared experiences like spirituality or or whatever? uh, that, that kind of guide that relationship, um, and, and, and bring you, bring you together and hold you together.
1: Interesting. Um, well, you know, I'm an atheist, right? And a humanist, right? Okay. Um, so it's interesting that, um, my husband who I've been with for a long while, um, we we happen to both be atheists, and it's funny because um, we both went to the same college in Arizona, and um, all of our friends that we had in common were Mormon. Okay. Um, but how, how interesting is it, right? That of all our friends, and I had dated a few different people in college in our in our group who were Mormon because um, I was fine with with whatever worldview of a partner but how interesting it is that i ended up with an an atheist who shares my worldview
0: um
1: and so i think that does say something about how important uh worldviews are to us right and i think in some ways um because we share that worldview we're able to be close with one another or share just one more thing um But um, in terms of difference, though, he was Mormon. He was raised Mormon. It was only, uh, I guess, in his adult life that he he wasn't so active in the church or anything and eventually was an atheist. Um, But it's a bit more complicated when it comes to being a Mormon because Mormons are really tight communities sure um and so if you're going to leave the church in some ways it's felt as like you're leaving the family okay. um so i de- can't necessarily identify with that experience especially he's a white a white man um and so there's a lot of things i can't identify with him but at least we we do share that that world view um and
0: what was that? <laughs> I heard a weird sound. Uh, Traffic hour at the moment, so there's cars on the roads outside. Oh my, my window's open. I, <laughs> it yeah. was a judgment call. <laughs> uh, so, what
1: were we talking about? Like solutions or other uh, yeah. connections?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a collective solution that you find with with your husband, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of both of you progressing along a respective spiritual path but then you also coming together and sharing a path together. So uh, yeah. I, a lot of people who are, who are dealing with these issues as being as mixed ethnicity and, and, and whatever uh, are younger uh, and are just coming, kind of finding or um, th- going through the issues of identity and belonging and finding solutions to that as well. But there's also the kind of the next level um, stage of life where you talk about settling down and finding a mate and and making a commitment and and building together as well. So I just wonder if you can provide some insight about how you approach that experience. So, I mean, you you do so, and so so that's helpful. But if there's anything else you have to share, that's cool as well.
1: Well, I I think I I would go back to my mother, how I talked about the independence I got from my parents and how, you know, it sort of relies on you to make a difference in your world and other people's worlds. And so think about James and I, James, my husband, And how much, you know, we want to see this world better, you know, than it is now in a a number of ways. Um, And so as atheists, we can't pray for the world. Um, We can't wish and hope for the world. Uh, I will give money towards a cause. I will um, build up a cause. I will organize around a cause. And I have to actively live out you know, this betterment because um, I don't believe in a next world or, you know, that people are going to be rewarded uh, next time. And so what that looks like for James and I is, like, actually living out um, and really supporting as many causes as we're able. Obviously, we're limited as humans. Um, We can only do so much with so much time. Um, But for us to feel good, um, you know, in a relationship, it's one thing we have to get along with a, a, another person. You know, that's that can be a challenge. But to feel good about our place in the world, in this community, in this in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, you have to sort of live out your values sure. um, to feel good in any way. I couldn't, I could not feel good about my place in the world if, um, you know, any number of. Horrible things continue to happen, yeah. and uh, it's just you know day by day the cause might might change or so forth. But um, I'm really dedicated to just putting what's the term like values into action. Sure, um,
0: walking the walk.
1: Like walking the walk. Yeah, yeah. and who who was that said it? Uh, you pray with your feet. I uh, um, uh, I really I
0: was saying, was because action. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And that makes sense to me, even though I, I, I don't pray, but it makes sense to me that I, I would want people to pray with their feet.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and, and, um, uh, there's, you talk about walking the walk and, and living those, those precepts of righteousness and compassion and benevolence. Um, and that's also one thing I appreciate about the interfaith movement, um, overall. Is that uh, obviously there are all these different religions and all these different beliefs, um, and so um, it's 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 almost it's uh, comparatively futile to try to get everybody to agree and 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 say we all believe the same thing. But uh, at the end of the day, we do have a common foundation of principles of righteousness and 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 um, benevolence mm. and compassion that we do agree upon, um, and and that that involve our lives and our work, and our actions in this life, in the here and now. Um, and so there is a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to engage with each other uh, in that shared compassion, in those shared teachings of righteousness, uh, and, do, and, and do better, and, and improve the well-being of, of individuals in this life. So um, I definitely appreciate that, and I can testify to your work in that respect. Uh, so I appreciate that as well. So that leads us to the fifth question. Okay. Um, and I feel like there should be a roll or something. But uh, the fifth question is, uh, what message do you have to share with the universe? Given given your background, given the challenges, given the solutions that you find, um, what what are the nuggets of wisdom and and understanding and, and whatever else, uh, what message do you have to share with the universe?
1: Interesting.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> You know, it, it sounds really scary, but um, it's up to us
0: sure.
1: to make a difference. It's up to you and me and every single person. Um, obviously, the self has to come first, right? If you're going to do anything, you need to come from a good place. And if you're not in a good place, you won't um, be able to enact good elsewhere. So um, you probably heard this before. Like The peace, peace starts with you right so you you make make peace with yourself
0: yeah.
1: and then you make peace with others and that that sort of um you know it ripples out as you know it's some in some ways you know as an atheist it's like how can i believe in that there's it needs to be actionable and measured and you know where's the science in that and yet i i from my experience in interfaith work and so forth mm-hmm. i've done things Um, when I was not at peace with myself and I could recognize the effect it then has on others, you know, and so, um, yeah, so my message for the universe is, yeah, um, be good to yourself
0: Right.
1: and uh, once, once you've got that down, um, be good to others.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, is there anything else uh, you'd like to share? Any any closing thoughts or words or anything?
1: Um, well, I was actually just thinking about what we had said previously about the importance of interfaith work, and um, mm-hmm. what I really love about it is that um, it is a network, and that There's people you can connect with, ask questions with, and and learn from, and see especially in the the climate that we see right now here in the U.S. with um, that's hate that's being guided towards our Muslim, Sikh, and other people of color who are not your typical white American, um, how important it is that we have these connections and um, yeah, I'm if I wasn't doing interfaith work, I don't know what I'd be doing because um, really I want to see this world changed and um, interfaith work is just something that I see as such a strong force for that change I want to see. Cool. Um, I think I'll just end with that. And um, I, I'm so interested to see if there's any sort of intersections or connections that you make in your two worlds interfaith and mixed race and what sort of uh commonalities or differences that come up from all these interviews.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. Um so it's 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 happening and um I think that both both elements or both realms are warming up to each other. Um and uh it's there's a burgeoning dialogue. I try to do a um a, uh, a workshop on the mixed ethnicity experience at the parliament a few weeks ago, it got rejected. It got rejected. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I also did two other workshops, so it might've been like an o- a workshop overload for me. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so it, there's, there's, but a number of people communicate an interest in, in it. Uh, and so um, I appreciate that. Uh, and so it's, it's a matter of like negotiating the the cultures and uh the protocols uh, within each scene uh, and so uh, as mixed people uh, and as interfaith activists we kind of have uh, uh, experience doing that so it's just uh, it's, it's a gradual process so I continue to work on it and I plan to share this with um, uh, with the number of groups and Facebook uh, groups on um, on uh, that that deal with the mixed experience so um, it's just it's just a foundation for, for building uh, additional dialogue, so uh, and, uh, and understanding and, and and outreach. So I appreciate uh, your your uh, participation, uh, and it's nice to chop it up with you uh, as well and, and learn uh, learn a little bit more about you. So uh, you have an interesting story, and I appreciate that. Uh, and you have some some uh, valuable um, morsels of of wisdom and insight. Uh, that I think many people can can benefit from. Uh, so so I appreciate you sharing that um, with me and, and with this with this project. Um, so um, it's nice to see you a couple we- um, a couple months ago at the parliament. This is this is the second yeah. this is the second interview that I do with you. So I I appreciate. I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost have that. Oh, it's a too. good time. Yeah, uh, are you planning to go to <laughs> Guadalajara?
1: You know, um, I'd like to, I don't know if it's going to be possible with my my schedule, but I'm, I'm keeping my calendar open as best I can, okay. and so fingers crossed, I'll make it there. And you're you're trying as well, right?
0: I'm working on getting the resources to together. I also have a credentials issue as well, so I might buy uh, a, a passport, but we'll see. Uh, my politics are such that it has trouble with it, uh, but yeah. Okay. It's important. It's important. And I'm glad that it's in, in Mexico in Mexico. Uh, so I want to support that. Yep. And uh, I'm, I actually have plans to go to Guadalajara anyways. So it's, it's nice to, to kind oh. of to have that. So yeah, that's, that's another project.
1: I, can... <laughs> I know this is, the first, I mean, the first time they'll ever be right in Mexico. So it's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. And uh, I, we need to support them as best we can.
0: Yeah, exactly. So cool. All right. Um, all right. anything else
1: <laughs> no uh, that was great thanks for uh, the interview and it's always nice to engage these these topics with you
0: cool I, I appreciate that thanks for fitting me in and i look forward to uh continuing our conversation uh in in the future
1: all right thanks so much peter take all care bye bye
0: Alright, so Sister Vanessa has a very bright and intelligent energy, uh, and positive energy uh, and so I appreciate uh, listening to that convo again after these cinco years uh, and I'm actually, I still have to like figure out if the conversation was after the parliament or before the parliament it sounded like it was afterwards, however um, I was talking about a workshop uh, it sounded like I was applying for the workshop uh, at that stage. and That would have been before. But um, we we made reference to the parliament. So anyways, it was about that time. It was cinco years ago, one way or the other. Um, so it was a while ago. Uh, since then, she actually uh, works at another university. Um, a prominent university in SoCal. I'll keep it at that. I'm, I'm trying to be uh, increasingly... Um, confidential, I guess, uh, because her status is also, um, promoted. So I'm being mindful of that as well. Um, but she shares some very, uh, valuable insight, uh, and, and there's appreciation for that. Um, <laughs> she talks about, uh, there are a few things that, that, that I, 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 I Emphasize or, or that I highlight one is the peace within uh, another one is uh, Like this <laughs> of the hours now challenging concentration that was the side note um, The other thing also about the the message for the universe um attending to oneself not in a selfish way or in a greedy uh way but in a dutiful way uh so that one can be of greater service for others haha <laughs> i'm speaking to myself now at this point um and uh, I, here's the other thing also to be honest she she called me out to a uh, uh, lightweight on this joint uh saying uh Uh, how she's an atheist and and you know that right i was like oh oh wait a minute (laughs) uh so to be honest i actually think i do knew i did know that at that moment um but i might have like uh uh forgot for a little bit she probably told me a number of years before that but it's not a big thing because it's 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 a little bit it's interesting because in working with people for a number of years because i knew her for a number of years at that point um it's kind of like, and particularly in the interfaith context, uh, it's like, well, I probably should know what that person's religion is. Um, particularly if this is the topic of conversation where you, you're inviting the person for an interview or a convo, you probably should know that. Um, but simultaneously, it's like I know enough, a lot already, to know like what what the person is about, what she's about, um, without actually defining it to a religion. So. That might sound hypocritical. It might seem like uh, some kind of wishy-washy kind of excuse of rationale, or whatever. But, anyways, it is what it is. I got called out, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." Uh, I don't want to sound ignorant at this moment, so I'm just gonna be silent. Ha oh, ha. I felt like a convention at that moment, so authoritative of myself. Anyways, um, I also to be honest, in listening to the interview, he always it's it's struggle, it's, it's challenging because I was drugged during those periods. Um, and so the sluggishness of the mind and just, um, working to be, have to maintain concentration, the ums and ahs, um, as much as that might irritate some in listening to it, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it requires patience for me to listen to it as well, because I know what I was experiencing during that period. Uh, if you, if you've seen the matrix, uh, and you know that scene where Morpheus is, uh, uh, being, um, uh, uh, abused by the, by the agent's. Uh, and he has to like summon up his his concentration to to make his break. That's what it's like on a, on a continual basis in his joints um, with the with the quote unquote force meds and additionally. So that's what I was experiencing on uh, during those years. Um, so it's somewhat challenging to kind of like go back to that experience and, and know that's what I'm, And plus, I'll um, this is the audio version of it. I was also weighing over 400 pounds during that period as well. So that's tif- difficult to like kind of. I'll go back in as well um so anyways uh i do my best to like muster the 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 energy the concentration uh to to continue in the work and that's what it is and we continue to build so um and i think to myself how uh generous my collegial brethren are in sharing information about family and in history and 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 Personal experience uh, when when Sister Vanessa here talks about her childhood experience with her cousins, um, when she talks about uh, her experience in the Philippines um, and the things that her more teaches her and, and and the the guidance that her father provides. I mean, as I as I grow older and I get a little bit further gray hairs on my beard, and additionally, um, I'm increasingly humbled and appreciative of how valuable that type of sharing is of oneself um and to be dutiful in honoring that um, and anyways that's I, I appreciate that um and i'm also rec- uh, as i look at it as, in a critical sense of, of just like a, like a mechanics of it i just think i think the 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 format of the five questions is somewhat helpful i think it would have been nice just like let it let it be i mean let, let it flow uh and, and build up uh, organically with the uh with the conversation and um instead of like thinking of of an agenda like i'm other than a formal quote-unquote journalist um it's just a matter of being in conversation and just like riffing on et- whatever is whatever seems salient or priority at that moment and so uh I, I think that's where these combos are going um in terms of the combo with zuri g at this point uh kind of getting off the script of of an, a set agenda with set questions and just kind of like having an idea of what to talk about and then just flowing with that sometimes i think the the list like uh the top five list or something like that that can be helpful um but in particular i think younger people are increasingly attuned to that kind of format uh but your know, conversation is just like yo chop it up what's up so anyways that's 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 like a like i said a, a mechanical kind of a critique or whatever um but i did think i think it, it, it was helpful to kind of progress and there is some thought in terms of the the sequencing of the questions um start starting with, with a background uh, a foundational rootedness and then going into uh, initial teachings uh and challenges lessons learned and then advice so there's 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 an intentional logic in the, those sequences i think it's helpful um i'm also recognizing that like yo 40 minutes that may be a lot in, in fitting in, in a person's schedule but in terms of having a question about uh, a convo about these like big topics that's a very very brief period to kind of delve into that and and i know that in, in sharing these questions in that in that particular series like these are some heavy questions and it, it's almost like therapy at this point uh or at that point uh and it, it solicits people to like delve into the recesses that that perhaps are not otherwise readily tapped into particularly in an increasingly public um, uh, context or, or uh, uh, manner so anyways again appreciation humbleness uh, about about all that um, so big up to Vanessa and James and appreciation for the, uh, the participation in that project and the continuing uh, legacy uh, convo that is gleaned from that, from that, that particular session. So uh, I think that's about this joint. Um, Vanessa asks a number of questions uh, about the, the intersection about spirituality and being mixed. Uh, and I didn't answer, like, in, I answered a wee bit, but not, like, too tough, and and that's, like, where the conversation would be beneficial, because she communicates an interest in knowing about the information, uh, particularly because she's involved in, in um, at, during that, per- I think she was, in, her, her role was in the Office of Interreligious Affairs or something to that effect at Berkeley, um, and uh it it's beneficial for her to have information and so i gave a, a brief response but i was focusing on on doing the questioning myself i'll be the one asking questions here so um but it would have been nice to kind of just like oh well here's this and this and this i didn't talk about a presentation that i did at the critical Race studies conference and that's one of the reasons why i was uncertain whether this was before or after because it seems only natural or logical for me to like say oh yeah by the way i actually did a presentation on this did i say that i said something about the i've been involved in the curriculums race but i didn't think i don't think i said i did a presentation it was it was in the same year as the parliament uh i mentioned the the workshop being um declined for the parliament um but and that just again brings uh, uncertainty about whether that combo was before or after What, anyways um, but it would have been nice to kind of get into that and and uh, talk about further details. Since then, I do put together a number of publications. Uh, there's a census, a global census on the the mixed diaspora, um, and uh, I provide uh, some uh, insight ter- in, regarding the um, the historic and contemporary experience of of mixed heritage around the earth the different uh, migrations the different communities populations and additionally that emerge um, and some anecdotal kind of insight about uh, those developments based upon the conversations and studies that I do through the years with brethren from those experiences um, so I think that that's insightful for those actually people in the mixed community leadership communities appreciation for that so I appreciate that um, I also put together a paper in doing the presentation at the Critical Mixed Race Studies on the specific topic of being mixed and the spiritual identity. Uh, specifically, I give like a, a, another like a, a critique or not. It's not even a critique. I have to be careful about how I utilize that word. Uh, an, an analysis, evaluation, uh, a synopsis of how different religions. Uh, my uh, observation, my experience of how different religions receive um that experience or or teach that experience about being mixed heritage um and 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 how they support each how how they each different religious community supports that experience or that people who are mixed uh whether it's something that's just not talked about whether it's something that's openly embraced whether it's something that's actually directly advocated each of those scenarios is is uh is maintained in in the aggregate of the different religious communities of the earth so it's beneficial for mixed people to be aware of that particularly if they're in that community to know what the teachings are what what the like what the what the formal doctrines are accordingly uh, what the contemporary practices or contemporary experiences uh and how to like uh secure encourage uh genuine support uh for one's heritage um so anyways, those are some of the things that I do and continue to do uh, in the past uh, year, particularly amidst um, being approached, uh, I, I put together another uh, collection of materials um, that's basically a Melanger handbook, or excuse me, a Menloge youth handbook. Uh, that's kind of like a primer for youth, adolescents, teenagers um, of, of just what I mentioned, teachings from different traditions that advocate and that, that promote and support the experience of being mixed heritage. Uh, it includes um, uh, some some uh, notable um, people uh, who are what we refer to as pillars of pluralism, uh, which means like teachers or, or uh, religious leaders or otherwise uh, who are comparatively homogenous, ain't necessarily mixed themselves, but advocate for for the mixed heritage experience, um, and in a number of different ways. We also included within that. Um, particular publication or set of materials is uh, what we also refer to as the melanger legends of um, who are people that are actually mixed heritage uh, and that are very notable many of whom people might not otherwise be aware that that person is actually mixed Uh, and so anyways those are some of the things that we share to kind of uh, provide tangibility and i think that's one of the things i also wanted to say about the conversation i recognize that um, in, in a number of these conversations, I, I personally, um, delve considerably into concepts and ideas. Uh, and I find it also beneficial to balance those concept, that conceptual thinking with tangibility, giving examples, giving names. Yo, there was this person back, back in the day, they did this, this, and this, and this is what we learned from that. Uh, so that's it, that's influential. It's a powerful. It's 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 a, it's a um, an appropriate um, method for communication and learning. Uh, and so I recognize that within many of these convos, I abstain from doing that. Or I abstain from doing that too tough. Uh, and that's very helpful, uh, particularly when people know the frames of reference. Uh, if I say a name, uh, then and and people recognize that name, then that that strengthens the connection to the concepts and the ideas that are being shared in the in the conversation as well. So, um, that's some, that's much of it. Um, hmm, the yawn-yawn tells, tells. Yeah, pause in the podcast. So, Sister Vanessa shares some other some additional gems. Um, one of the things that she doesn't mention in in this particular compo, um, perhaps because I'm saying from specifically asking, but she also is um, involved at least during that period in a dance troupe. Um, it is a, um, a, a Filipino traditional dancing um, ensemble, uh, and so she she is involved in that during that period, um, and it's a way of Strengthening her connection with her um, Filipino roots, um, and I'm saying Filipino in, in in a general sense, recognizing the, the appropriate uh, distinctions amongst uh, the tribal peoples and additionally, but I'm I'm articulating based upon what what I the awareness that I have the information that I maintain. So, anyways, uh, she she's she does the dancing and the the, the traditional dancing. Uh, and her, the group that she's involved with uh, during that period actually is uh, um, performs in a number of different venues and uh, uh, she communicates that being something that uh, provides her with um, um, meaning and, and um, um, fulfillment uh, within her walk and so it's one of the things that precipitates the song that I shared at the beginning of this podcast uh and often there's this sense of having to do like the mixed protocols of like oh well if you've done that one then you have to do this this and this to represent all the elements of the ancestry so there's certain legitimacy within such articulation or such a stance however also at some point it's just matter like you know this is what we're sharing at the moment uh yes we do support and, and acknowledge and 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 uh honor uh the aggregate of the heritage um but for the sake of of, of um, simplicity, of digestibility, in terms of like having a, a, a modest amount of material, and additionally, this is what we're sharing at the moment. So that that was that is one of the one of those situations, uh, with with all due respect and honor and reverence to uh, the aggregate of Sister Vanessa's ancestry. Um, so that, that's much of it. Um, now here's I'll get into like the the the, uh, the anything oh. else, anything else, anything else. I think I'm gonna leave it at that. So getting into the the business stuff uh, with with Melody Ethos Institute with the Sonar Ashram and additionally, um, we continue. Uh, we we the newsletter is is completed uh, within the past. A week about a week ago podcast continues even amidst the tardiness um we have a, a monthly uh community call uh that's coming up this week um our regular programs and studies and prayers meditation yoga uh continue uh as usual um, um and uh, uh in terms of economics um we're, we're actually making some, uh, progress in the co-op, uh, building, um, and, uh, in, in some additional projects as well. Uh, I can provide that within the past week, uh, we, we, uh, arrived at our, a uh, um, a, Intentionality of completing a promotional video for a Ashram and Melody Ethics Institute, uh, and then from that uh, suggestion and intentionality, um, we complete this past week a um, a post-pandemic rendering of Martin Luther King Jr.'s "I Have a Dream" speech, um, and so. Uh, we've actually completed a script, and we—the intention initially was to co- include it as the script for the promotional video. And we we intend to we continued with that intention. However, simultaneously, there's some resonance with that, uh, and so um, that is being shared with the intention of publishing. Um, and in doing that, there's there there are certain um, ethical protocols uh, to which we abide, but we're working on that at the moment and sharing that accordingly so that's one of the, the the sizable things that's going on on this side at the moment uh in addition to the regular um program routine um working on uh uh establishing um interest groups um uh, with along the lines of the world citizen villages initiative but um also um According to the uh, respective protocols of institution institutional f- affiliation, uh, one, one uh, scenario being alumni groups at universities. Uh, so basically what we're doing is we're identifying four stages of pluralism. I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, I've mentioned on other forum uh, within the past week, but uh, initially there was three stages of, of pluralism, we're at four stages of pluralism, and those four stages plural uh, excuse me multiculturalism mixed heritage world citizenship and wealth ethos so we identify multicultural as an interest in peoples from different lands we define mixed heritage as um, having ancestry from people of different lands and uh the world citizenship is having a commitment to people from different lands, and the definition of wealth ethos is uh, having a discipline shared with people from different lands. So one is, one is an interest, another one is um, um, a, an ancestry, the, other, the third is a commitment, uh, and the fourth one is actually a discipline. So um, in terms of these groups that we are uh, uh, establishing, cultivating, coordinating with, um, the groups are pluralistic uh, interest groups that accommodate people at each of any of those four stages. So anybody who has an interest in people of different lands, anybody uh, who has ancestry of people of different lands, anybody who is... Committed toward the peoples of different lands, and anybody who has a discipline that is shared amongst the people of different lands—any any of those things—let's get together and uh, be righteous. So uh, that's what we're doing. That's what that, that's what the interest groups are, um, and uh, we're in the we're in the process of talking with our institutional affiliations um, in in um, establishing these groups and. Um, Working through the guise of these groups, through with discussion, with education, uh, with with economic cooperatives, and additionally uh, to 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 tend to the additional um, endeavors um, that that we are involved with and um, that we continue building. So that that that's continuing in that sense. Um, the uh, asana ashram melo J. ethos institute uh joint venture endeavor uh has the propensity of of or is is offering membership membership is based on um membership commitment and membership commitment is one percent uno percent of an individual family or an organization's previous month's gross income uh, and so with that uh that provides uh, discounts towards cooperative uh, products that that we are working towards uh, uh, acquiring, uh, establishing uh, exchange to receive. Um, Membership also provides uh, information about the co-op, access to certain meetings uh, and and conversations amidst the co-op and additionally. So that's what we're working on at the moment um, in addition to other things. And that is much of it I've given Wow, I've gone on for nearly almost half an hour this joint just on the outro but that's what it is so those those are the, the some of the uh, the business side of of, of what, what's going on on this side um and um so there it is again uh thanks to sister Vanessa and brother James uh who is uh in the convo even with just being um through sister vanessa uh because that's the nature of unity uh so appreciation respect uh and that's gonna be a wrap namaste Assalamualaikum, shalom mir Zayden, adios. Te quiero, es simple, na simple na asamugo. Kaili, Ofer, my love and peace, happiness and liberation.